Appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, so I've met some of you, most of you. I, probably the person who knows me best is Jesse. Uh, Jesse and I have spent a couple of weeks together, and he knows that I snore, uh, so, <laughs> among other things. And so uh, it, is, it is good to be with you and, and to be able to share this morning. My first job was at, well, my first job was at a, at a uh, uh, buffet, but McDonald's. So, you know, uh, I don't know about sous, sous chef, but we'll, we'll see what we can serve up from the grill anyway. So our text this morning is, is one that, that uh, Pastor Drake has, 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 in his discernment, has, has assigned us, and we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. But I want to appreciate Pastor Drake and Pastor John and their confidence in allowing me to come. And as I, as I read uh, the text and, and read the, the, uh, the devotional that Pastor Drake wrote about this text, which, which was excellent, the thing about it is God's Word is alive and living. And, 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 you know, two people can read a text, and sometimes the Holy Spirit leads one person this way and another person that way. And sometimes when I feel like that I'm not quite getting it when, when a pastor has said, I'd like you to preach about this, I just preach the text. So that's what I'm going to do this morning, and I'm going to trust that it's going to align with where we're going with the, <laughs> with, with, with the theme and, and, and all of that this morning. The text is Matthew 7, 6, but to get started with it, I, just a little bit about myself. I grew up in southwest Missouri, southeast Kansas, actually backwards. I started in southeast Kansas, then went to southwest Missouri. I grew up this, the, the grandson of a cattle and pig farmer. And, um, and, and then when I went into ministry, I served in southern Il, uh, Indiana in a rural church, a, a rural church that Canaan, it, it was located close in, in the little town of Canaan, Indiana. In Canaan, Indiana, Wiggins is probably bigger than Canaan, Indiana. I mean, it was, it was a rural town, and it was, you know, it was, and, and, and we had some experiences in that town that were, that were kind of unique. We had a, we had a guy there. The main, the main crash, I'm old. So the main cash crop there at the time was tobacco. And it was back when tobacco was on an allotment uh, thing. So you could grow, you had so many acres you could grow. And there were all kinds of things that they would do to get, you know, a few extra acres in so that so they get the pounds up so that they get paid better you know and all this but the big thing about growing tobacco was well you wanted you wanted to grow big and big leaves and quality leaves and all this good stuff so in order to do that they would plant the tobacco and then when the weeds started to come up because there's always you know if you've done any gardening you know there's always weeds they would cultivate. And, and at first, you know, when they're still small and, and they're set in rows and everything, a lot of times they, they'd cultivate with, with uh, tractors. You know, the, they, they liked the old ones better because they had the wider wheels spread and all this good stuff and the smaller tires. But, but they would cultivate with the tractor. And then later on, they would go through and cultivate by hand. And that was hard work. And there was a guy that was, he, 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 he was my age, so he was in his 20s, you know, he, his father had died unexpectedly, and he suddenly had his dad's allotment. And so he'd planted his tobacco, and he, he didn't really, he, you know, he, he didn't really want to do the work. 
And so what he decided to do was this. He, cows will not eat the tobacco plant. It doesn't taste good to them. It doesn't taste good to me either. I tried it once, and it, but, but it, you know, it was the cash crop. And the cows would not eat the tobacco plant. And he thought, you know, but the cows will eat weeds. So he thought, well, I'll just, I'll just turn the cows out into the field and let them eat the weeds. And, you know, so somebody asked him how it went. He says, well, those stupid cows, they didn't know not to step on the plants. Can you imagine that? And, and, and you know, the other thing, so, so you know, this, these cows turn, turn out cows in the field. And then we also, while we were there, we got our first family pet. My wife and I had, had uh, just married before we went to seminary. We're, we'd been married about two, two years. We got this dog. And this dog was a farm dog. And we were in this little town. You know, like I say, it's, Wiggins is bigger. And, and, and this dog, we didn't have to keep her chained up, we, you know, or, or in a pen or anything like that. She'd go out and run around, come back. Everybody knew she was our dog. And, and uh, you know, we'd, I'd go out for a run, and she'd come along, you know, and run along with me and all this good stuff. And she got used to doing that. Well, after a couple of years, I moved to my first urban church. Now, I moved from this little town in Canaan, Indiana, to Wood River, Illinois. You may not know the name Wood River, Illinois, but you know exactly where it is. Wood River, Illinois is where uh, Lewis and Clark took off on their journey west. It is at the confluence of the Mississippi and the Missouri. And that area is an industrial area. To the south is Granite City, Illinois, which had steel mills. To the north is Owens, Illinois. Owens, Illinois uh, is Alton, Alton, Illinois. And Owens, Illinois is the last uh, company that made the Coca-Cola bottles for years and years and years. It also had Smurfit Corporation. A lot of the boxes that you have, have uh, gotten shipped to you over the years, they were made at Smurfit Corporation. And then just to the, to the, to, to the east, of Alton, in East Alton, Illinois, is a, is, a, a comp- is a company called Olin Manufacturing. Now, you may not know what Olin Manufacturing is, is but if you're a hunter and you ever shot Winchester shells, they were probably made there. Or if you were in the military, you probably shot <laughs> shells that were made by Olin, uh, by, by Olin Manufacturing. And then I lived in Wood River. And Wood River had a big Amico refinery, and just next to us was Roxana, which had the biggest shell refinery in the country, Dutch, you know, the Dutch, and then to the south of us was Hartford. Now, you get in the sense of the kind of people who probably lived in our town. They weren't bankers, for the most part. They, they were people who worked for a living and, you know, and, and hardworking people, and, and they had these, these routines that they really enjoyed. And one of those routines was a, you know, a, on a nice summer day, spring day, they would, you know, get out in the backyard and they would fire up the barbecue and they would, you know, uh, cook up a steak and all this good stuff. And, and this dog that I was telling you about, she moved with us. And of course, we tried to keep her in a, in a, in a fenced-in yard, but I had a three-year-old. And so occasionally, Maggie would get out and she'd go for a little, you know, and it was not a big deal. You know, most of the time she'd go, you know, for 15 minutes and come back and we'd see her and we'd put her back in, 
in the backyard, no problems, everything was fine. It's something we were used to. I think one time she got picked up and I had to go, uh, go bail her out. But, you know, most of the time it was fine. But this one Saturday afternoon, I'm visiting with my friend. She had gotten out. I don't know how. And all of a sudden, my, my, my friend looks up and, and, and Maggie's come to her down the street with a T-bone in her mouth. And my friend said, you, you better eat that quick, <laughs> you know. I, you know, I, I had no way of knowing where she found it, but she's a dog. She found a T-bone, and it was hers, you know. So why am I telling you these two stories? Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. See, I've just told you a modern version of today's text in those two stories. Do not give to dogs what is sacred. What that image is, is bringing to mind for the, for the Jewish uh, reader is the fact that when the Jewish person went to the temple to make a sacrifice, part of the, the, the animal was the sacrifice. Part of the animal was given to the priest. And part of the animal was given back to the family, and they would go and have a feast, a barbecue, an asada. And don't give, don't, it was holy because it had been a sacrifice, a sacrifice for cleansing, a sacrifice for whatever. It was holy, it was sacred. And you didn't just take and throw it to the dogs that were, basically fed from the scraps of the table. It, it, was some, it was special. It was not something you ate every day. It was not McDonald's. And, and so, so you didn't just throw it to that. And, but the fact of the matter is, second part of the verse, if you gave it to the dog and then tried to take it back, have you ever tried to take a steak back from a dog? can be the gentlest dog in the world, but you try to take that food back from them, you're going to get bit. You're going to get, you're, you're going to get puncture in your hand. And, and, and so you have, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. And then, do not throw your pearls to pigs. Pearls in that society, and in many other societies, was the way people preserved their wealth. They didn't have banks. They didn't have investment accounts. So you bought stuff that, you know, could be, if, if down the road, if, if life got tough, you could make that liquid. You, you could sell it for something. And pearls were, were a precious commodity. And so we have the parable of, 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 of the woman, you know, sweeping the house, looking for the, per, the pearl that's part of her, her dowry, really, her, her, her inheritance, her Ability. You think, think of the czars when they, when they were, you know, being run out of Russia and the women hiding the gems in their, in their you know, that's, that's what the pearl was, their cash, their, their, their lifeblood. Just like the tobacco was the cash crop for my friend who was kind of naive and, 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 and ignorant. And, and, and so you, you, you don't throw, you don't entrust your pearls, you don't 
put them on the pig and not expect them to get torn up, rooted into the ground. It, it, it just you, you don't put your security with something that that like an animal like that. So so the message of this this text really is is something like we we run into big problems when we take what is holy, what is sacred, and we trust it to the banal or the profane. Now I'm using some fancy words there just because I want you to show show you I'm educated, but but uh, the ordinary or the the, 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 the sacrilegious. You, you don't take the holy and give it to those types of things. The holy is set apart for God. These, these stories are a modern version of this text. And this text is an example of Hebrew parallelism. When the Hebrews, in, the, in their poetry, in their songs, in their, in their sayings, they, they would say things twice. They would say it, you know, this way, and then just to emphasize it, say it again in a slightly, with a slightly different twist. So do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. It's an example of parallelism. One message, just a slightly different, different twist. And so when I look at this passage, there's, there, there's three questions that I, that I want to have answered. What are the sacred, the holy things in our lives? What are the sacred and holy things? In our, what does it mean to be sacred, to be holy in our life? Second question is this. What is the significance of a dog and a pig? You know, what, what does that mean? What's, you know, what's, what's the significance there? And the third is, how then is it, uh, how, how do you, how, what does it mean about casting or throwing the, the, the holy to these dogs and pigs? What does that mean? So let's talk, deal first with this idea of what is holy, what is sacred uh, in our lives? What, 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 is, what, what does that mean? Holy or sacred the, the, the best definition for that is something that is set apart. To be holy is to be set apart. And, and, and often it means it's to be set apart for God. To be set apart for, you know, a holy man is set apart to, to, do, the, to do the ministry of God. Uh, a, a, holy, uh, uh, a monk who is holy is set apart to pray for the world. Set apart, that, set apart for that. Uh, the Holy Bible, set apart for the, 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 uh, to, to learn about God and who God is and the story of God in, in, in intersecting with our lives. To be holy is to be set apart. And there are lots of holy things in our lives, things that are, that are set apart for us. Probably they can be divided into three different categories. We have possessions that are holy. Let me be clear about this. To have possessions is not the problem. The root of all evil is what? The love of money. Not money. It's your attitude towards money or it's your attitude towards your possessions that is the problem. 
It's not the money or the possessions themselves. When we have possessions, if we see them as being holy, set apart to glorify God, when we use them to be holy, set apart to glorify God, there is no problem with that. The problem is, oftentimes we let the money become the God. And instead of the money serving God, making it holy, it becomes God, making it profane. To be profane is to be against God. So, so one of the things that we have that is set apart is our possessions. God gives us all that we have. The best illustration that I can think of this, think of is this. I had a friend when I was in seminary who had a, I forget what year it was, but it was a beautiful blue GTO. Convertible. Beautiful car. Beautiful car. And he was friends with my boss at the time, my boss at the seminary, who was head of, 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 of the projects department. And he and his wife had a daughter who had cerebral palsy. And her name was Patricia. And Patricia just loved that car. And my, friends, my friend who had the car told this, this, this uh, girl's mother that she ought to take Patricia out for a ride in the car. Now, Patricia's mother was not known to be the best driver. She was a little ditzy. And for him to let her take Patricia out in this GTO, I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> what are you thinking? He says, it's not mine, it's God's. I'm just sitting on it for a while. That was a man whose possessions were holy. And, and that's the attitude you and I need to seek, especially living in a country, I know, none of us here are rich. I mean, you know, we're, we're citizens of the United States. We look around us, probably nobody in this, in, in this room would say, you know, Compare us to Bill Gates, the people on Wall Street. None of us here are rich. We're just, I have, I have one friend. He, he, he's a rancher in South Dakota. And he, those of you who know the, the value of cattle, you know, he's, I'm just a poor, humble rancher. Bull! <laughs> you know, he has more money in, the, in those hills of, and, 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 but, but, you know, not, but, but none of us consider ourselves rich, do we? Compared to, compared to the, what we see around us. Um, you know, I was at a charity auction last night and somebody gave $4,000 for to, to have a, a chef come and cook, cook a couple of meals for them. You know, um, I, you know I'm, not, I'm not rich like that. But if I compare myself to the other countries and other people in the world, you know, 90, 90 some odd percent of the wealth, 90 some odd percent of the, uh, of, of the uh, production is here in the United States. And that's not to make you feel guilty because it's not the, the, the possession of money 
the, is not the problem. It's our attitude towards the money. And so the question is, recognizing our blessings, recognizing that we have gifts, recognizing we have these these blessings, how will we use that? Will we use it in a way that is holy, or will we use it in a way that is profane, or kind of in the middle, will we just kind of use it? Just kind of use it and not really be intentional about it. Possessions are one of the things that, that, that is holy. Our gifts and abilities. Some of you sing beautifully. Some of you play beautifully. Some of us talk ordinarily. <laughs> but, but whatever your gifts, whatever your abilities, how are you using them? Are you using them? Now, again, I'll go back to what I said about, about the, the possession. I'm not saying you can't use your gifts and abilities to make money. You should. God gave them for you to make a living. But are you using them in a way that is holy and not profane? I'll give an example of that in, in, in later. But, but, but the idea is, well, there's several. I, I, there, there, there's a movie... Uh, been doing a lot of flying lately. There's a movie on the United Channel right now for, on, on Whitney Houston. She has some great gifts. She has some, some great abilities. And she, they, she, she, she honed her voice using them in a holy way. And there was nothing wrong with her going out to use that voice to, to make money and to, 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 in, the, in the pop industry. But to be careful and not cross that line to where that gift was being used in a profane way is, was, was one of the challenges that, that she and every person with great ability faces. Because Satan wants to use your gifts to glorify the world, to glorify yourself, and not to glorify God. So, so our gifts, our abilities are, are, are one of the things that is holy. And then the other thing that, is, that, that I said... Think that is holy is the relationships we have with people. One of the greatest, most holy things that I have been given is a family. I have a wife who loves me. That I, we're, we're, we've been called to live this in, in this world together, to to lift one another up and to walk alongside one another. We've been given three wonderful children. We have a responsibility to love and 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 had a. To nurture, now they're all adults now, and, and now the nurturing is, you know what, grandkids would be nice, but, <laughs> you know, you can't force that, so, <laughs> so, 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 your, your relationship with your family, I have a mother who was a real blessing to me, she is now at the, at the point in life where I need to be a blessing to her, a little guilty, I haven't called her in about three weeks, so, you know, uh, I, you, I'm in trouble, yeah. <laughs> All the moms are going, eh. but, <laughs> but, but uh, w- w- that is a gift. To, uh, that's something that is holy, the relationship we have, not just with our parents, but with our friends. Some, some, of the, some of the people that can bless us most in this world 
are, 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 are people that are not necessarily blood relatives, but we have that, that heart-to-heart relationship. That, you know, they may be people in your life group. They may be people in your... Teachers will tell you that, that one of the greatest gifts that they have, one of the greatest, holiest, uh, are the students that they teach. The relationships with others is one of the things that we have that is holy in our lives. So do not give dogs what is holy, what is sacred. So what is the significance of the dog or of the pig? Well, the two words you heard me use were banal or ordinary, routine. The dog in that culture was a ordinary, they were there. Now, yeah, there, there was in, in the text, there was the, uh, in, in, in the Gospels, there were ideas that the dogs were the Gentiles, you know, the dogs were, were, were commoners and things of that sort. But that's not, the, it's, that's not this is not a, this is not a, 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 a racist comment. It's, this is an illustration that Jesus is using to, to help us understand our responsibility to keep what is holy, holy, and not to let it become ordinary or routine. And dogs were everywhere. And so, you know, and in that culture, it was not like we do today. You know, today we have these videos of dogs and they're so cute. And the dogs are almost sometimes more important than family. You know, we take care of them, uh, you know, spend more on them sometimes than we do on, 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 on people who are on the streets. But, but, you know, dogs are a gift from God. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not saying that. But they're dogs. They're dogs. And we have to keep that in mind. I, I got myself in a little trouble one time. Um, we, we, we had an organization that we were trying to figure out whether it was, it, was, we, it was time to shut down that organization and everything. And it reminded me of, of the dog that my, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law had, the big German shepherd that, that had allergies. And they actually, because of the allergies, they were buying zebra meat to feed this dog, you know, and they were spending all this money on this dog, and, and, and they were not that wealthy, and they're spending all this money on the dog. And I said, you know, a 22 shell is about 10 cents, you know. <laughs> but keeping things in perspective, you know, is, is, is one of the challenges we, we have. The dogs are ordinary. And then the pigs, now the pigs wore profane in that culture. Remember, they were unclean. They were profane. And, and so are you going to take your, your greatest gift, your jewelry, your, your dowry, and put it on a pig? You might put lipstick on the pig, but you're not going <laughs> to put the, the, the pearl choker on the pig, you know? Because that pig doesn't care. That pig's gonna; those pearls are gonna be ground down into the mud, and if and and when I say mud, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and and you know, so uh, it, it's it, it's not that nice, <laughs> and, and and so uh, the pigs are are profane. They 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 were they, the symbolism is they they it's not just ordinary, not just common, but against God. So that, that's the significance of the animals. But 
And, and we have a lot of ordinary and profane things in our lives. You want to think, talk about some, something that is ordinary, something that is profane? Think about social media. We spend a lot of time on it sometimes, don't we? And if it's not social media, maybe it's, well, maybe it's, you know, just, uh, well, the pap- paparazzi and, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and the newspapers and, uh, and the TV shows. Or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's the water cooler. You ever see what the talk around the water cooler? We, we think we're solving the world's problems, but we're really just, you know, running down this or running down that. Or, now we need to get personal here, what about the church parking lot? You know, sometimes those things really become ordinary, banal. Sometimes they literally become profane, where we run down another person and make them less than holy as God wants them to be holy in our lives. These, these animals remind us of, of what it is that we are not to allow our, our, our things that are holy to become. That, that they are not to become ordinary, like a dog. That they're not to become profane against God, like the pig. So what constitutes casting the holy to this unholy place. What, 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 what creates that? What causes that? Well, I think, I think there are at least three things that, that, that causes us to do this. And the first is simply neglect. This idea that this will take care of itself. I, I don't need to worry about this. It'll take care of itself. My relationship with my family is fine. And so I don't call my mother for three weeks. Neglect. Not, not any, anything devious on my part or your part. It just, we kind of ignore it and kind of let it go. It, it, ha- it happens with our, our, our property all the time. Our, 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 you know, we, we have this thing and we just set it to the side. Some of the, the pictures you see on Facebook of an old car sitting out in the yard. And it, it used to be a beautiful old car when it was parked there. And, and just over time, it just kind of fades away and rusts and all that. Neglect is, 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 is one way of casting it uh, to, to the ground. It was neglect. In fact, when you think of Eli, the priest in, in, in uh, Samuel, Eli and his sons who, who were evil priest that caused God to say, you know, I'm no longer going to honor you. It was simply neglect. The idea that his sons, you know, they were doing bad things and he didn't want to correct them. He didn't want to chastise them. Didn't want to to admit that his sons could be evil, could be a problem. He just ignored the problem. and, And it became not just ordinary. It became profane against God. And, and, and God moved to do something different. So neglect is one way that we allow what is holy to become ordinary, to what is holy 
to, to be, 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 become profane. Or it may be something like, there we go, finally. I was, uh, my handwriting sometimes is not the best in the world. <laughs> Carelessness. Just being careless with things. Just like, you know, this is God, so God's going to take care of it. Well, God gives, he called us stewards. He said, you have this responsibility to take care of that. Just simple carelessness. You, you heard of the arrests of, of, of the two teenagers who were throwing rocks off of a bridge? Carelessness. Maybe a little bit of evil there, but you know. Who of us haven't done stupid stuff like that? My wife, I uh, forget I said my wife. There, is, there was a young person of old that, that, that uh, uh, once took you know, refrigerator biscuits, the biscuits in the can, and would throw them off the top of an overpass onto the passing semis, you know, so the dough would smash into the window and just go over that's carelessness, you know, that's, that's just, you know, they're simply having fun, but they don't realize the danger that, that you're creating. And, and we are all guilty of that from time to time, aren't we? We're careless about our, you know, whether it's, it's relationships, we're careless about the way we, we drive from time to time. We're, we're careless at t- from time to time, and, and we're careless with what, we're careless sometimes with, with our faith with our gifts, with our abilities. You know, we, we think that our, our gifts are going to be there forever. You know, if you've been given the, the, the ability to sing and you think it's always going to be there, but you never sing. I don't know how long it takes because I was careless many years ago. <laughs> and and you, you eventually you lose that gift, you lose that ability, or you, you at least become very rusty at that ability. So carelessness is, is one of the challenges. And, and then there's, I wrote down profiteering, but it's, remember the story of Simon, the magician in Acts? Simon, Simon sees Paul doing, and, and Peter doing these great things. Paul or Peter, one of the two. <laughs> he remember seeing him doing the great things and says, give me this power. I want to use this power to become you know, I would like to say that doesn't happen in the church today. But it does, doesn't it? There, there are those who want to take what is holy and make a profit off of it. Is there some way that I can use this to become an influencer or to become whatever? Taking what is sacred, taking what is holy and making it Profane. So we need to be careful about not casting what is holy in our lives to the ordinary and profane. But here's here's the final thought I want to give to you. You know the most holy thing that you are in control of? It's you. For God so loved you that He sent His only Son that you might have relationship with Him. 
And you are in control of that relationship to God. It, it's solely your choice whether you will be in relationship with God, whether you will allow God to speak into your life and to use the gifts and abilities that God has given you, whether you will accept the gift of His forgiveness and His grace in your life. And, and you are in control of that. And God wants you to be blessed, to receive that gift. But you have the choice of whether you will allow that holy gift to remain holy or to cast it to the dogs, cast it to the pigs. Let's pray together. Good and gracious God, I thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. I thank you for the opportunity to be in relationship with you and to be in relationship with others, to use the gifts that you have given me, to use the possessions that you have given me, to use the relationships that you have given, given me to glorify you and to love you and to love others even as you have loved us. And so today, Lord, I ask that you would help me not to cast those gifts to the dogs, not to cast the pearls before the swine, but to be holy as you are holy. In thy son's name we do pray. Amen.